Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to today's episode of Musings with Jesus. My name is Shola. I'm your host. Thank you for joining me. I hope you're well. I hope you're doing good. I hope all is well with you in your world. I hope you're fine and all that. Um, today is the 17th of February. Yep, February is moving on quite along. This is like the third week of the year of the month of the second month of the year and um, so yeah um so i i really don't have that something specific today i deliberately decided not to make it you know not to try and make anything specific because i have learned that the lord is the one in charge of this podcast and he he it, it's a time of personal reflection so and what I realized is that he actually waits for this moment. I don't know if you've had that experience, you know, where you see that when you have a particular time with God, there's something that you do with him, you know, whether it's prayer, it's Bible reading. He waits for those moments because immediately you settle down to do it. He just, you know, he, he starts speaking, he starts revealing, you know, he, he just shows up, which makes you really realize that, wow, so he's the God of the universe is waiting on me, you know, that sort of thing. So for me this that's what i've experienced so i've I've learned that sometimes when i have a scripture fine if i have a song fine if i don't have a scripture i don't have a song rather than not do anything you know let me just start talking and i I believe that god will um, begin to speak and 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 you show me what i need to say and i think um you know we'll see how that works out today so um i you know, there's there's a lot that I can talk about, but I think with every day, and this is you know, this is how this is where my life is taking me now. Like I find that I need to every day my thoughts are forming about certain things, about life, about why things are the way they are, you know. I I, I find comfort in the scriptures. I I think I need to just say that. I find comfort in the word of God in the midst of everything that is going on. And I don't know about you, but for me, it's like we moved. There was a massive shift in the world over the last two years. I don't know whether it's the pandemic. I think it is. But it's like, maybe it's me, you know, I don't know. But I just think that the world has changed in a way that is not necessarily good. You know, and it doesn't look as if we're going to go back. We're ever going to get back, go back to the way that it was. And I'm not talking about whether we're going to be in lockdown, we're going to be wearing masks or all that sort of thing. It's like we've, to me, I feel like innocence. You know, our innocence has has been gone. Is is gone, and we were pretty much, at least, I, if I ask myself, I think I was pretty much living in the world with, like, an innocent. I wasn't a child, but I was very much like. I didn't know how evil the world the world was. I didn't know how evil people could be. I didn't know how manipulative. I'm so grateful that throughout all my working life, I don't think I I I, I saw people. I could see people who were calculated. I could see people who were manipulative, but I did not experience evil up close. And I'm grateful to God that the first five decades of my life, He didn't allow me to see what i have seen in this last two years what he allowed me to see in this last two years i'm glad that he waited till i was <laughs> i was quite old you know 
and because i guess because he knows that me he knew that me i'm sort of like a child you know what i'm saying i'm not really i'm not really like my age in my mind if you know what i mean and i think that comes through in the way that i speak somehow i think i i'm not really you know my face yes looks my age but my outlook my mind my heart i'm still the same person that i was many years ago as a child as a teenager i haven't changed i just have had more experience i have more responsibility i've done more things but i'm still the same person uh, someone very close to me actually says that I'm, I'm a victim of arrested development and i think it's not too far from the truth i would call it arrested development it's just that for some reason my mental space i just haven't aged in my mind you know so even up to now when, when i meet people and they say to me mom and you know they call me and they greet me with respect i'm like really do, do i look that way you know i just don't see myself anyways that's a, a, a massive digression so it also makes me realize how much god has protected me you know for, and shielded me from stuff and don't get me wrong it doesn't mean i haven't had bad experiences i've had you know bad experiences but there were always things that you could explain away as in oh you know it's just something you know you could explain it away as just you know things that happen just you know uh, well you know it's, 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 it's you know biologically you could there were things you could explain you know with logic but in the last two years not in my life and around me i saw darkness that you cannot explain you, you understand what i'm saying evil that you cannot even you know as in i just saw oh lord and it wasn't that a lot of it was god revealing it a lot of it was visible even in our political space there was just so much so much going on so we the kind of stories the kind of headlines that have come through in the past two years and i'm talking within my environment in my country we've never seen this kind of headlines the kind of ah I don't even know mass hypnosis hypnosis that causes people to ignore certain things and pay attention to what they shouldn't be paying attention to you know it's, it's just been the most amazing the only thing that helps me make sense of what is going on is the bible it's the bible and i thank god i thank god for all the men and women that god has used to also create content on the earth because i think Sometimes if you're reading these things and you're like, oh, you know, you, you need to be able to read other people as well and say, okay, so what I'm reading is, I'm not misinterpreting this. You have also read this and this is what you can see, you know. So I'm ha so happy that there's so many books, so many authors, Tim Keller, you know, Donald Whitney, um, um, Miller, I've forgotten his first name. So many people, BibleProject.com, churning out content about the Bible. To make us know that, you know, so that even if you're reading it for yourself and you're a bit confused, am I getting things right or wrong? Go to BibleProject.com. Pick up a book on Amazon from Tim Keller. He has hundreds of books. Look at one that deals with the topic. Let, you know, very scholarly approach. He goes through so many scriptures and also shares what other people have said. So you can then, you know, sort of like form your own independent view. I think that's what I like best about some of the books that I'm reading now. And, you know, it's, it's, so anyways, there are three types of, I won't use the word revelation or unveilings that have happened in my life over the past two years. There's been the unveiling of scriptures where God is opening the book of his word and just showing me what it's saying. And not that I didn't see it before, but now I'm reading it 
without a veil. So there was a veil before that was making it me read it with a lens that was in sync with the lens of my environment. That lens has been removed. God has removed that lens. And those of us that wear glasses, you know what it means about when you have a certain kind of lens, you know, that obscures your vision and some that sharpens your vision, you know. So he has removed the lens that was obscuring my vision of scripture. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for that. And I am able to read it with clear eye. And those of us that are Nigerians listening, you know what I mean? When you are able to read something with clear eye, you, you are able to see it as it is. Whether it's favorable to you, it's not favorable, favorable to you, that's immaterial. You are able to just read what the scriptures are saying, you know, with all independence, no judgment, no sense of, you know, whatever. This is what it's saying, whether I like it or not. And that's the way I have been reading the Bible, or God has been leading me to read the Bible since last year. I haven't been reading it in like chapter to chapter. It's just God picking out verses and things. And that's the way we've been jumping all over the place. As you can notice from my from this podcast since um, June 20, the half year of um, the year 2020. So there has been that unveiling. There's also been the unveiling of evil in my life. So people, relationships, things that were not of God in my life. The Lord unveiled it to me over that period. Then there is unveiling of evil in our environment, in our community, in our political space. Oh my goodness. It just made me, and at the same time I I got introduced, God led me to BibleProject.com. I can't even remember how I got there one day, but praise God that I did. And, you know, there is evil in the world. There is evil in the world. And the evil in the world, just like the Bible says that there is. In fact, when we read the book of Genesis, the narration started creation of God, the creation of the earth, the stars, creation of the the, uh, the man and the woman. And then by Genesis 3, the devil comes in. Evil comes into the world. Three chapters into the Bible. And everything unravels from that time till the end. Bibleproject.com tells the story amazingly through lots of visuals. In fact, there's so many just, you know, if, if you go to their channel on YouTube, you come across videos that will tell you the entire story in like six, the six minute video is the most amazing thing. And it tells us how from the time the serpent came to meet Eve in the Garden of Eden, and Eve obeyed her, obeyed it, and disobeyed God, and how God then cast Adam and Eve, the man and the woman, out of the Garden of Eden and out of his presence, and then they got, how would I say, released into this, or exiled, it's an exile actually, they got exiled into this world of mortality, of pain, of sorrow, and darkness, and since then we just saw that you know evil was multiplying upon the earth in fact there was a time that it was so bad that god just was you know what i'm going to i just have to start all over again and i'm going to just like kill everybody and you know and did that happened in noah's flood and they were left with eight souls and eight souls multiplied and filled up the rest of the earth and again the whole cycle of evil continued and until god was able to bring his son jesus christ to come and provide a way of escape for all those who will be willing to take it by believing in him he sacrificed his name, his, you know, 
um, his account of God. So, and the evil that is in the earth is not an evil that is coming out to stop you and I from getting rich like we think or just for the purpose of afflicting us with our bodies. It's coming, I mean, afflicting you with pain and sorrow or whatever or sickness. It's coming to do exactly the same thing that it did to Adam and Eve in the garden. is to get you exiled from the presence of God. If you have not um, gotten, you know, of course now everyone is born an exile. So if you are born, his, his agenda is either to keep you from becoming reconciled to God through Christ or to cause you to do things after being reconciled to God that will break that relationship of trust and take you back into exile. What happened in the Garden of Eden is an example of what the devil is the agenda that he's on in our lives. It is not to necessarily to kill our mortal bodies. If he's killing the mortal body, it is because he wants to do it. He needs to do that because he realizes that this person is, is much more dangerous to me alive. You know what I'm saying? But if he can use you on earth to destroy other people's lives, yes, then he will keep... So, I mean, he doesn't have anything to do with that. Um, if you notice, in the Garden of the Eden, he made no attempt to hurt Eve, but he worked on her mind. And that's what he does for most of us around you know he works on on the mind which is why the only way to, to 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 resist him is to resist him in the mind by the bad, um, by, by the power of the holy spirit and through the word of god the word of god is our only defense against him everything that the devil does against us starts with thoughts exactly as it happened in the garden of eden in fact, I can even look at the three the three steps of marketing. There's awareness, there's consideration, and then there's conversion. That's when you, you first make somebody aware of your proposition or your service. Then you give them more information, they begin to consider it, and then you convert them to the point where they actually buy or they take up your service. That's what happened to um, Eve there. He used fundamental principles. In marketing, we know that um, it's almost there's a process that a mental somebody goes through before they buy. They first need information about your product. Nobody's just going to go and buy something without knowing, okay, where is this thing from? Can I trust it? Is it my size? Will it fit me? You know, is it something that I need? You know, then how much are you paying for it? What, what kind of store? If I don't like this when I get home, can I have a refund? You know, they need they need information. They need to also know that you are credible and they're not going to get home and see that what they bought from you is substandard. So depending on what the product is, the kind of urgency the buyer has, and the options available, the person may take some time to consider before the person actually converts. Some people will never convert, but you know. But those are the three stages. So the devil will not just bring a thought. Anybody that you see doing anything today has gone through that awareness, consideration, and conversion. So even the people that do the most evil thing, yes, it's because they have been made aware. Evil thoughts have been brought into their hemisphere. They've spent a lot of time engaging with those thoughts, either consciously or unconsciously. And those thoughts have then started to control control them. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for giving me. I, I'm now understanding my marketing even more based on this. So that was what he did. So the only defense that we have against this guy, this force, and he's an unseen enemy, that's what makes it even whatever. So when the thoughts come, you don't know. I, I guess, he, I don't even, when he was engaging with, him i don't even know whether eve really knew what she was doing and who this person was and what he represented clearly she didn't because even though she had known that this was a rogue you know being that was 
opposed to God. She shouldn't be listening to his counsel. And the Bible tells us in Peter that she was deceived. So she was actually deceived. Just the same way as all of us are or would be if, you know, some thoughts are coming and you don't really know that this is a thought that is actually, you know, planning to lead you down a very, very bad road. It, it comes, you know, and, and he will always come, you know, suggestively. He's not actually telling you to do stuff, you know, not immediately. We'll just be like, ah, are you really sure? Has God really said? <laughs> is that really what he said? Just, first of all, move you from conviction to doubt, which is what he did with, with, with Eve. It's the most demonic thing. Moved her from, she was convinced that God had said, we should not eat of every tree in the garden we can eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which you cannot eat, for in the day that you eat it, you will surely die. So she was convinced. The devil managed to move her to a place, cast reasonable, just a little bit of doubt. Did God really say that? He didn't even say it's a lie. He said, is that really what he said? <laughs> she now started wondering. So you see, this is what happens. I don't know what it is that made Eve begin to question so he first said did god really say that then the next thing he now said which is where he now moved that to consideration he said um but god god knows that in the day that you do this you will become less gods you will you will know the truth for yourself that's why he said you should know it so first of all he said did you really say that so if she had refused to engage that scripture and say get behind me or i mean that thing he was saying get behind me and then say yes god said this blah 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 he would have had no choice but to back off but she didn't so he then moved from god did not did god really say that to actually even if he said that he's trying to deceive you mm -hmm, which is it another is now accusing god of malicious intent so he actually showed his renegade spirit but by that time eve was already considering and clearly i don't think she had she didn't have a superior defense for so you know her conviction was already shaken at that point then she started considering and she, said, she now looked at the same tree which at the beginning she had said god said we should not touch she said she now looked at it i said this is a good tree for food to eat food and for knowledge and to make somebody wise and then she decided to eat and she gave her husband as well and since then nothing has been the same <laughs> you know what i'm saying so i started off by saying that i get comfort in the scriptures i now realize why i find comfort in the scriptures because it is the only defense that we really have against the evil the negativity the contrary thoughts and imaginations that come against us in this realm that we are living in we are living in a very flawed dysfunctional dystopian realm we just need to understand this if we were to able to look at this natural realm with our spiritual eyes you will see something that is broken that is bleeding that is you know it is it, completely dismorphed you know what i'm saying the earth is unhealthy even naturally speaking not even talk about the spiritual context of what's going on in the world and that is why we see a lot of the dysfunctionality we see on the earth today a lot of dysfunctionality just crazy stuff going on at government levels households business you know it's just chaotic 
worse in more in some places than in other places but things are just generally and for me what's what is really shocking about it is that every we, we, we've normalized it so even as i'm speaking and people will be like oh but shall I? even i i'm like no but it's not that bad no it, it, it is bad it's bad what has happened is because we have become we have become immune we have started to see what is abnormal as normal but the earth is not a the, the state of the world the environmentalists get a sense of it which is why they talk about the climate change you know and all of that but they have i see them as people who have they've seen the brokenness of the earth and the political systems that enable us to continue destroying the earth and not even caring but they've just taken one part of it which is the impact on nature and they're focusing on it to the exclusion of all else but what is the, the fact is that the world is broken you guys don't even know you know the things that are supposed to we're supposed to not do is what we're doing the things we're supposed to do we don't do you know we reward um, um, uh, vicious capitalism and punish honest people's hard work you know everything is about money nobody really cares about community politics is a game of numbers and manipulation there's just so much going on and I, and I don't want to talk about individual crimes the kind of crimes that people commit and I know I'm speaking broadly because I do know that there are societies and communities that have tried to make the world a bit more um, equitable and you know and humane and God bless those societies who are able to do that now even though in the past we know that they also did a lot of evil things in other parts of the world but it's okay we put it all, all under the blood of jesus we, we thank god for them you know what they've been able to make of their societies the but even in those societies you still see human beings committing the most atrocious things so like i said for me the last two years and if i was doing a recording like this three years ago i wouldn't be speaking like this because I, I was looking at the world with rose tinted glasses for some reason th that that lens has been removed now it doesn't mean that i do not see good in the world i do see good in the world but i see brokenness as well i see evil as well and i think that i see evil moving closer than it's I, the influence of evil is stronger in the last since the last two years it's been like that even before that then but I, I think yeah you know when the bible says the days are evil I I, 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 I I can say that now and I am not looking at this just from my own you know what's going on in my country which is pretty gloom but no it's it's also what's going on in the wider world as a whole which is what I'm talking about climate change which really is not an issue in my part of the world but I'm saying the climate activists have picked up on something which the whole world is largely in oblivion to, but then they've narrowed it only on the climate, whereas the climate is just a symptom of a bigger problem in a broken, a crooked, a perverse, a completely disruptive world and a world that is on a path to self-destruction. Anyways, I'm going to leave it there. So... All of this, what this then says to me is that, honestly, the the agenda for ministry of the gospel of Christ, and I think even we as Christians, we we need to be more, you know, when I read, I, I think that, they, and I don't really know what I'm trying to say here, and I don't know if this is the forum for me to say, but I sort of just think that there needs to be some thought leadership at 
a very high level to really chart the direction for the church in the next 10, 15, 20 years. Because I think we just have to be more strategic about how we as how you know where the gospel of christ is going to be how we're just going to really really save the earth save the world save souls on a global um, local and community level um with the kind of context that we find ourselves and um because i see that when the apostles did it also they were quite strategic they were intentional you know they were intentional about roles about peter you know, staying in one part of the world, um, speaking to the people, uh, uh, the ethnic Jews, and then Paul going to the non-Jews, and then you know they, they were intentional about who did what, the households were, you know, you know the communities and the areas that they went to, and the places they avoided and the places they stayed in, you know, of course by the leading of the Holy Spirit, but there was intent and purpose driving all of that, and we see how that really worked out for the spread of the gospel at that very crucial stage in christian history so all of this ends with the word of god really comforting his scriptures i personally on a personal level i find that in the midst of all this chaos in the world where right or wrong people don't even know you know everybody you hear all kinds of things. i um anyways I'll leave it at that because I think I, I, I don't have anything more to say. Just to say that the word of God is what gives me comfort at this time and it's it's helping me through. Um, I wish I could hear from some of you guys um, if you agree with me about you know the state of the world and how you think the world is. Um, is it is it my phase of life that I feel this way? I just I just really think and you know when i think of young people dating now the stories you know so difficult to meet people it's just i don't know the world is just so different now and it, it, i'm not even talking about the technology and the social media and all of that that's a part of life i have no problem with technology i i love technology so i'm just talking of human values love for one another you know right and wrong good and evil you know protecting the vulnerable, being responsible, accountable for your actions, you know, something is, having principles, in fact, I think that's one of the things that is, the erosion of principles is just stunning, you see people, they act one way when some, when this person is involved, you say, oh, when, when the same thing is done by someone else, from a different part, you know, it's not like you, the person doesn't look like you, you, all of a sudden, all of those rules don't apply anymore, it's, you know, and you find responsible institutions doing this it's really and that's why there's a breakdown of trust in society nobody you know nobody trusts anybody anymore nobody believes anyone anymore because yes a lot of lies have gone into the environment and i think yeah i think for me the lies is probably the most obvious fact of where the world is headed it's 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 the number of lies in the atmosphere is is, is stunning it's just stunning Nobody tells the truth except, you know, put a gun to their heads, they, they, they will lie, you know. So, and that's everywhere, that's global. You see it, foreign governments everywhere, it's all over the world. Political leadership is one of even the most <laughs> untrustworthy people you can find anywhere, even in the so-called developed countries, you know. So as a Christian, growing up or even someone, even if you're raising kids, or you're a role model to people who 
to younger people now it's 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 a world that makes it easier for you to lie to steal to kill and to destroy to get your own way and to step on people as you move ahead it rewards you for doing that that is that is pretty scary and um, a lot of people i think what's even more worrying for me is that believers too we've been socialized we've taken on that behavior as well there's there's no difference there's no difference right now in the mainstream world in the business setting you can't see christians behaving one way and non-christians behaving another way everyone behaves the same everybody plays the politics you know people you can't see that differentiation of christ-centeredness you can't see it it's not obvious there are a few cases where it's obvious but where you see it but most of the time it's not we're just blending in we've been blended in so there is no gospel there is no message there is no differentiation there is no reason why anyone should join you and if they join you they come with their baggage the gospel is just like a fairy tale anyways i'll leave it at that um i will put a title to this maybe say i'll just say comfort in the scriptures but as you can see it's what we've talked about is a whole lot more than that but anyways apologies that this has gone on for this long <laughs> should have stopped the recording before now but thank you for staying on if you have stayed until the end god bless you stay lifted and have a wonderful day in the name of our lord and savior jesus christ amen